Starting on January 11th, Health Power will be posting every Tuesday instead of every Tuesday and Thursday. On Thursdays, starting on the 12th, you're going to get Dog Eared with Lisa Davis. Say write books about dogs. I interview them. So if you're a dog lover, I hope you will check it out. Tell your friends, tell your family, also tell them about Health Power. So again, Health Power every Tuesday. Dog Ear with Lisa Davis every Thursday. Hope you'll tune in. We're all affected by social media and there's a lot of different things that can happen when you're on social media. Good things, bad things, everything in between. So today we've got Brian Boxer, Walkler, MD. His new book is fantastic. It's called Influence, the Impact of Social Media on Our Perception. Dr. Walkler, welcome to Health Power. It's great to have you on. Well, it's great to be here, Lisa. Thanks for having me. I went through your page and you are good. And I learned a new word, cap. What does cap mean for those older (laughs) folks like myself? (laughs) So cap is Gen Z lingo for meaning not true. And not cap means something's true. So that's, yeah, exactly. That's what I'm known for on TikTok, particularly and Instagram. All right. So you write in your book that your journey to become an influencer and that it started as innocent curiosity and that your twin daughters were like, hey, dad, you know, there's all these doctors doing this stuff and it was during COVID and you got on and then suddenly all your conversations were around TikTok and they started being like, oh my God, what did we do? And you write, quote, my daughters had innocently created a TikTok Frankenstein. <laughs> Tell us about this. And I just have to first say, Alisa, uh, that the reason I wrote Influenced, it's to be a 911 call to action for people because I'm a Beverly Hills eye surgeon. I specialize in keratoconus and I have three and a half million followers and I have a flaw. I myself easily became addicted to social media. So if this can happen to me, this can happen to a lot of your listeners because we're all human. And that's why I took it upon myself to do the research, but be really transparent about my own experience and my own failings with you know, the addiction. So people can learn those tips and the tricks to avoid the problems that I had. And particularly parents with the holidays, a lot of kids are going to be getting electronics. And that's another reason why I wrote the book Influence, because a lot of times parents feel like they've lost their kids to the phone because of social media. And there's a whole chapter called Living with Social Media that goes into a lot of those tips and the tricks. And, you know, like like you said, and not like I said in the book, my <laughs> daughters had created a TikTok Frankenstein because I became so obsessed with that growth of waking up in the morning and seeing how many thousands of new followers I had. You know, it wouldn't be uncommon to wake up and be like, oh, 20, 30,000 new followers in the morning. You can imagine the dopamine, right? Oh, yeah. Um, that's just like firing on all cylinders in your head. And you just want more and more of that, which is natural. And that's why a lot of the other influencers that I even interviewed for the book, Influenced, also admitted to having those challenges too. So even though influencers are viewed as experts, but you know, we're still human like everyone else. Our brains are still susceptible to those powerful forces that keep us coming back. And um, eventually, you know, everybody I talked to, including myself, we all got reined in one way or the other. But there was a period where it really strained a lot of relationships in our lives. Yeah, it definitely does. And I mean, speaking of the brain, it's that dopamine hit. I mean, I'll post something and I'll think it's fantastic. 
And then I'll go and maybe I get like 10 likes. And then there's that disappointment side. Or I could have gotten, you know, a thousand likes. You know, I remember I had one video that had like 70,000 likes. And I was like, really? Like, I didn't think it was all that, right? And Mm -hmm. either way, it's going to affect your mood, how you feel, how you go about your day. And talk to us about that dopamine. Oh, sometimes I would get in a funk. If I thought I had a great video, I'm expecting hundreds of thousands or or millions of views and it it tanked, I would be like, oh my gosh, like, you know, is my, you know, day in the sun over? Uh, am I a has-been? You know, do I not know what, I, what I'm doing anymore? And it could affect your mood, for sure, as you just discussed. But one of the things we need to learn is that, okay, social media has got a lot of good, but it's got a lot of negative and causing anxiety and depression are some of those uh, collateral damage effects that people experience. And teens and kids are even more susceptible to this because their brains haven't developed fully until about age 22 or 25. So they don't have those critical thinking skills. They don't have the emotional intelligence and higher order functioning in their cortex. So they're much more susceptible. And even like to the degree that on Instagram, there was an internal uh, memo that got leaked that showed that teen girls who are on Instagram 30% of them feel worse about their bodies because of what they're seeing. A lot of curated photos that is not real life that people are posting. And it makes people feel bad. Body dysmorphia is very common now with teenage girls. And and even to the degree that someone stumbles upon um, a self-harm related post on Instagram, there are studies about this that this was an accidental stumble upon, right? Yeah. 30% of people, and this wasn't even teens, these were young adults over the age of 18, actually went ahead and harmed themselves because of accidentally seeing somebody post about self-harm. So yeah, these uh, negative influences are, are real, uh, but they're manageable, you know, if we have the tools. And that's why I wrote the book Influenced. Um, and um, there's a whole chapter called Hooked on Clicks, why we get so addicted, um, and also a whole chapter called Easy Prey, why teens and kids are particularly vulnerable. So those are some of the you know important parts of uh, that book influenced for people. Oh, yeah. And I, th- I think what bothers me the most is all the filtered images and then all the, you know, these p- women who clearly have had so much, pl- and girls, teenagers who had so much plastic surgery already. So you're trying to look like something you can't look like unless mm-hmm. you go under the knife. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've seen Kylie Jenner five, 10 years ago. She looks like mm-hmm. a completely different person. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily solve the problem because True. there's always going to be more photos and videos that people are going to be exposed to. You know, we know that this is a phenomenon that's been around since we had magazines, right? True. I mean, this was sort of, these were conversations people were having back comparing to, you know, the skinny models in the magazines. Um, it's just that social media puts, puts, a uh, gas on that fire because it's all the time magazine came and went, right? So maybe you looked at it for a short period of time and then it was gone, but social media is there potentially 24 seven reinforcing these, um, images and videos that, uh, particularly for teen girls, I mean, boys too, but, um, but you know, in teens in general, um, are really susceptible. So it's, Social media is not going away. It's just going to get bigger. So we have to learn how to live with it. There's lots of good too. 
I mean, sure. look, I love those entertaining videos um, that people do. I follow some great influencers who are just funny as heck. Um, so there's lots of good and it's almost like becoming the new Google for search engine, but we have to learn to manage it. So I sort of like to say social media is like fire. It could be used for illumination, but you can also badly burn yourself. Yeah, that is so true. You know what you do in the book, which is so wonderful for an interviewer like myself, is you talk about some of the questions that you're going going to be addressing. And this is one that I thought was so important. You say, will we forget the essential, essential excuse me, norms of verbal one-on-one and group communication? And that's what we need as human beings. We are social. For millions of years, we evolved to this point. We never think about that in our daily life, but like we're the product of millions of years of evolution and how humans as a species survive to this point. So we uh, are built to be social creatures um, and we need that personal interaction. Even if it's like on the phone talking to somebody, um, that's still really important when you're communicating digitally or with social media, a lot of times it's perceived to be a real relationship. It's actually called in psychology a parasocial relationship mm. um, where it's perceived to be real, but it's really one-sided, one-way conversation. Um, that's really not enough for human beings. So at least, you know, talking to somebody on the phone, um, seeing them in person is ideal. And that's why, for example, one of my tips is don't have a phone at mealtimes with your family or with friends. You know, leave it you know, somewhere else in another room, don't take it with you if you're at a restaurant because you don't want to have the temptation to check your phone. Uh, turn the notifications off. Every time you hear a, a little buzz or a ding, it's like being Pavlov's dog. You're like, mm. yeah. Then you pick it up and check it. So turn silence notifications. Actually, my daughters and, and I, uh, we all have our notifications turned off. So yeah, me too. Uh, we don't even see it pop up on a lock screen for that reason. So there's lots more tips in the book like that um, to help people navigate it because there's lots of good, but we also have to be aware of the downsides and, and ultimately learn how to live with it successfully. Oh, yeah, that's true. You know, it, it's funny. I was telling my husband, my favorite thing about social media, all the pit bulls in pajamas, because let me tell you something, pit bulls are actually, and a vet told me this, and I've read it, they have this, they test the same on a temperament test as Labs and Goldens. And my pity, all he wants to do is lick you and cuddle. And so to see all these pits and pajamas and cute little hats and stuff, <laughs> to me, it's done, a, you know, I'm hoping, maybe people aren't seeing it, but to me, it's like, well, that's, that's, that's like the best PSA, you know, and on a lot of different issues, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Of course. So, you know, that's a good example of uh, social media bringing like-minded people together you know, that may not have had the access to those types of groups. And, and people who were in the past marginalized now can find their, their group uh, on social media. One of the influencers um, who I interviewed, who's a good friend of mine, he's a dermatologist, um, Dr. Uh, Muneeb Shah. He goes by Derm Doctor. And in the book, you know, I interviewed 15 other influencers for the book too to get their insights. He was one of them. And he said, you know, where I grew up, I was the only person in my town named Muneeb Shah. And so on social media, you can find groups of like-minded people with similar interests. So it can bring people together. Of course, it can also polarize people because the algorithms can amplify those extreme voices in almost every arena. And so there's a lot of anti-social 
aspects to social media as well. So just again, you know, it's a balance and we have to have those critical thinking skills and learn it uh, to navigate it. Yeah, my daughter's neurodiverse and the neurodiverse community on there is fantastic. I think what's important, though, as you said a moment ago about, you know, having these skills and being able to think these things through, part of the problem is that, you know, adolescents' brains aren't fully developed till they're 25. And Mm -hmm. they can get sucked in, especially, and this happens to my daughter, uh, where she'll go, Mom, I saw this thing on social media, and you should see the way it takes stains out. And I'm like, yeah. Now, honey, let me, you know, let's talk about, or whatever it is. And that's what you do all the time, right? Drink this and your hair will grow. You know, put this on your skin and you'll look 20 years younger. And you're like, cap, cap. (laughs) And that's really what led me to grow so quickly is because I was calling out all the misinformation on social media Um, because the algorithm doesn't care if, if it's accurate or not. It just cares if a lot of people watch the video again or they watch to completion. Those are some metrics that it uses. It does nothing about fact checking. And I was seeing all of these crazy videos with millions of views and people are relying on this information, which at a minimum could be just disappointing in terms of getting the results they want, but it could also really hurt people and people have been harmed and and even died because of following bad health information on social media. And that's where I really stepped in and was like, okay, you know, this is like WWW is really standing for the wild, wild west here. And we need some people to come together as a grassroots community-based fact-checking system. And that's where I sort of came in with like the cap, no cap aspects and, um, and, you know, especially teens really love that. And that's ultimately what led me to, you know, three and a half million followers. That's an, I am, I have to say, I'm so envious. <laughs> that's the other thing too. Like I want to be an influence. Like I think some people do, but I mean, there's a lot of pressure I'm assuming and it's stressful. And again, you get that fear of, oh gosh, what if this all goes away? And how do you handle those thoughts? I've taken my foot off the gas now, you know, when I was going through that obsessive period, trying to grow as much as I could you know, at this point, with the number of followers I have, I'm I'm good. So I've I've taken my foot off the gas, and and I don't post every day, and um, and definitely I have a balanced approach to it as well. But for people who are interested in growing their platform, there's a whole chapter called "So You Want to Be an Influencer," and that's where I take all the best pearls and tips from those 15 influencers that I interviewed, including my own from my own experience, because I took a scientific approach to how I grew my platform, which I discuss in the book too. And, um, and that whole chapter is for people that do want to grow their platform in a responsible way, and they do want to be an influencer. So, uh, so Influenced really is a book that's, as people have described, it's everything you want to know about social media. And um, the feedback's been amazing. Um, it, I hear, you know, from people saying like, I was on vacation and I could literally not put it down. Susie DeVille was burned out, lost and rudderless when her life imploded. She was drowning in debt and the grip of unhealthy habits with the marriage and business that had come crashing against the rocks. No one was more surprised than she that the solutions she was desperate for were rooted in tapping into her inspired creativity. She had never considered herself to be creative, certainly not an artist. She learned on her journey, though, that the cultural lore of what it means to be an artist was at best limited and at worst a lie. By reconnecting with her creativity, she reclaimed her confident true self and discovered how to find her way back to feeling more alive as she built a business and life she loved. 
In the transformational book, Buoyant, The Entrepreneur's Guide to Becoming Wildly Successful, Creative, and Freed, DeVille shares a much easier path to success, joy, and flow. Buoyant is a celebration of the human spirit, which inspires us to wake up and reach our intuitive longings. It powerfully prompts us to accept the grand adventure of living our inspired true nature. Buoyant is available wherever books are sold. Some of these other great questions you have. uh, What unseen impact did social media shaming have on kids and adults? What do you mean by social media shaming? Do you mean bullying? Yeah, bullying. uh, That's definitely, you know, where people feel shamed and especially again for teens and kids, you know, parents need to know that how to instruct and teach their kids how to handle being bullied because it's happening. Um, And what we know is when someone gets bullied, they are more likely to feel anxiety and then depression and some will harm themselves and some will even commit suicide because of being cyber bullied. And so the most important thing is, is to teach your kids to not engage. Because if you engage in somebody who has just one motive and one agenda, you're never going to win that debate. And um, I was on the debate team in college, so oh. I can really appreciate <laughs> you know, that whole process. But with a cyberbully, you will never win. So just ignore them, you know, like the sort of, um, you know, adage goes, you know, like the sticks and stones and just like let it go and just ignore them. Silence is golden when it comes to dealing with the cyberbully. Now, how long did it take you to kind of master the type of video that you do or to make sure, you know, it's, it's not too long, it's not too short. I've heard seven seconds is the way to go and you got to stay consistent. You know, part of my problem is I talk about health talk about dogs. I talk about sexual health because I have a book on sexual health. Um, I talk about allyship because I had a podcast on allyship. So people are like, you talk about too many things. You got to just narrow it down. I think people want to have a niche when they want to be an influencer. And it doesn't mean you can't go off piste. And so like, even though I'm an eye surgeon and my specialty is keratoconus and I have pioneered a lot of treatments for it, um, that have revolutionized, you know, how keratoconus is treated to prevent cornea transplants. But on the platform, uh, initially, I didn't even say I was an eye doctor. Um, I was just Beverly Hills doctor. And so I was just going after any kind of health information. And so my niche was in that point, the, the, the doctor who's known as like the cap doctor. Oh, he's the cap doctor. He calls out or endorses. Um, and so but I did talk about lots of different things that was not my even, even in my specialty. But my consistent you know, part was that I was calling out videos that were not true or endorsing videos that were true too. So it worked both ways. And, and I didn't 100% do that. Like I may post like a, a PSA about something or, you know, awareness um, about what's happening in uh, Iran, you know, for example, like with women there. So, so I, I, did do other things that were important to me and some had some personal sharing videos too. So people could get to know me as a person, but, uh, but I have my sort of core and I think that's the way people want to think about it when they want to grow their platform as an influencer. Now, when we talk about social media addiction, you know, when you, when I think about addictions in general, you just got to quit, you know, you got to go cold Turkey. So is that your approach to social media or is there a more varied approach to that? 
Yeah, showing the the studies showing about going cold turkey usually don't turn out well um, because you know when somebody's hooked on that dopamine, whether it's you know sex or drugs or gambling or social media or, or anything, they go through withdrawals. And so, what I describe in the book is how to help somebody or help yourself if you recognize it um, slowly get it under control. So some of the things can start with something as easy as putting a time limit on the apps on your phone. So let's say you say, okay, I only want to spend uh, 15 minutes on, you know, TikTok. You can set that up and it'll shut down at 15 minutes. You can override it. And there's even some ways to even protect yourself from overriding it that I describe uh, in influenced. But um, also being aware that if you're checking social media right when you wake up in the morning, it's the last thing you do before you go to bed. That could be a warning sign too, because now you're, you know, experiencing FOMO, fear of missing out, to the degree that you're you're so consumed about, you know, the first thing you wake up, right, is checking it and right before you go to bed. So there's lots of other tips and tricks in that chapter, living with social media that goes into that. I know that's one of the problems I have, especially if I put up a video that I'm like, this one is gonna, I'm not saying viral, but it's gonna be great. And so before I go to bed, I'll check to see the likes. I'm like, I got to stop doing that. Because then you go to bed disappointed, possibly. Mm -hmm. Right, right. Yeah. And, and and that's why I make it a habit, you know, to not check it before I go to bed and not to check it first thing I wake up in the morning as well for that reason. Now, when you were like hardcore into it and it became your conversations and your, I think you wrote in the book that your wife and daughters had to like have an intervention. How much mm -hmm. time a day were you spending? couple of hours uh, for sure throughout the day and um, and even on vacations uh, there was one time we were on vacation um, we were at the pool and I changed into my scrubs because I planned to do this uh, that I wanted to still make videos on vacation I did a TikTok live sitting in a pool chair right by the pool everyone's in their like you know bathing suits and stuff and here i am like doing a tick because this is my outfit scrubs and my script my, my my hat my little math so i'm doing a TikTok live right by the pool like this and that was an example of like my family being dad is just out of control and i didn't even see it at the time you see i didn't even see it at the time and that's also a hallmark of addiction you know number one i missed out on a number of family experiences that those times can never be replaced. So the time I have left before our kids go to college, because uh, they're juniors now in high school, is really precious. So, you know, I every moment I can, I'm just so conscious to be like, okay, you know, if they want to do something with me, my answer is always no matter what it is, like, yes, okay, yeah, great. Like they want to watch this movie, or they want to do something if they want to do it, like I'm all in, like I'm not passing judgment and be like, oh, no, maybe let's do something else that I want to do. You know, if it's all going to be about them and spending that time with them because family is everything. And and I see, you know, we have twins. So when they're they both go to college, it's like, well, luckily we have dogs. But yes, <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, it's already my wife and I were talking about like, oh, my gosh, it's going to be so different when they're gone. Oh, yeah, college. absolutely. So, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny because one of the ways my daughter likes to hang out with me is she likes to show me her favorite TikToks or YouTube shorts or something. And sometimes I'm like, oh, I don't want to see that. And then I realize, you know what? It's important to her. She loves it. Mm -hmm. And I'd like to mm -hmm. be doing something else. But sometimes, you know, let your kids show you something, even if it's not a topic you're interested in. 
because it, it makes them happy. And it, it, she's like, mom, I'm trying to spend time with you. And I'm thinking this isn't spending time. I'm just looking. She's like, yeah, but I like this. And I want you to see, you know, I want you to join in. I'm like, oh, okay. So there's like a, a happy side to social media too, is it can bring you together with your teens who ignore mm-hmm. you otherwise. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> possibly. <laughs> now, we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, I would love for you to, you know, just tell us a little bit more about how we can get the book, anything you wanted to add. This has been really enjoyable, but the book is really great. And, I, you know, who knows, maybe I'll keep trying. Influenced the impact of social media on our perception. Brian Boxer Walkler, MD. Be sure to follow him. But anything else you want to add today? The book is available on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, in all bookstores. It's on Audible as well. I read it in studio. So it's me reading the book too. And I'm really grateful that it's just been such a a big hit with people and um, providing a real important need uh, for education and information and ultimately helping people and parents, especially with the holidays and electronics being gifted. Um, You know, parents uh, need those tools to help their kids and especially right now with the holidays, it's, you know, really good timing, I think. Oh, it's so true. And what is your handle? So it's some version of my name, Brian Boxer Walkler, MD or Dr. Boxer Walkler on TikTok or Instagram, YouTube, and all the platforms, LinkedIn as well. All right. Well, I'm going to keep going back to you so I can find out what is cap and what is not cap. Uh, (laughs) Listen, you're bringing me, I have a Gen Zer and you're bringing me in this. I had no idea. Thank you so much for coming on Health Power. Oh, great to be with you as well, Lisa. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you. And we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.